Hello, and welcome to the From My Cup podcast. Here, we dive into the gracious overflow of God's great wisdom within the Word. So from God's cup to ours, and from our cup to yours, we welcome you into this discussion between friends. Today, we are discussing... Disgusting. <laughs> Being alone in Christ. <laughs> of course, of course. I think uh, that's the best seg- segue there could be into preferencing. Um, we are just having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. How how little authority we truly have other than, you know, the basic just being amb- ambassadors and witnesses and yada yada. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, we're not, we are not licensed ministers. We are not ordained ministers. Um, and even though I think, I think at least on my end, um, I come from a family of ministers. So I think like by culture alone, I might often sound like I'm presenting a teaching. And that's not my heart. Right, right. That's not my heart. I think that has a tendency to sound, be my sound. But um, this is literally how we talk this is literally the conversations (laughs) that we have this isn't drummed up or fake at all like this is just it's a recorded phone call that is literally what this is and Mm -hmm. um that stemmed from like we talked about in our first podcast uh just our need for communion and Mm um we i think Literally, the conversation that we had before I think you proposed this was, I remember I was really frustrated talking about, like, I was frustrated at work. I was frustrated about the stuff that I was surrounded by, um, a lot of the political conversations that I had to listen to every day at the job that I was working, and how depressed I was about it. And it was just just filth, you know, when you weren't talking about politics which always turned so hateful so fast it was just filthy jokes it was I was just so disgusted by what I was surrounded by and I remember ranting about that to you and talking about how I just wished I could have more of these conversations in my life and talking about how I wish the people around me would have these conversations more and that was something that I think both of us we, I think we were both being convicted about our lack of proper communion in our personal lives. And then we started both kind of having that same conversation of just being so disgusted by what we were surrounded by and missing these conversations that are very genuine. These are very, very genuinely the conversations mm-hmm, that yeah. we have and us saying we need to be having these on a regular basis. And if we're sitting around really wishing that somebody else was saying this stuff too, there's probably somebody out there wishing that somebody else would say it and we can be that somebody else. And that was literally, that's literally what this is. It's literally just, these are the conversations that we had. This is the stuff that we need to be hearing. So why not be the one saying it? You know, and these aren't, you know, super drawn out, um, struggled over teachings that we found i mean these are literally us talking picking a subject and being like yeah this is something i've been thinking about lately this has been on my heart lately 
and then literally just Googling some of the scriptures that we're already familiar <laughs> with because of our own our own personal historical devotion and be like, oh, where was that scripture? And looking it up and writing it down real quick. Okay, we're ready to record. Let's just talk about it. That's yeah. literally all that this is. This is not a teaching and it's not a sermon. This is just, this is fellowship and that's it. It's not even a Bible study. This is just fellowship and talking about stuff that we need to remember and um, tying in with the devotion that we've talk- been talking about. This was our dedicated time to force us- ourselves to dive into these concepts and to remember stuff that maybe we weren't giving enough time to uh, remember. I know that I haven't been and yeah. I know that this has brought to remember it's stuff that I already know I already believe you know I'm not necessarily diving into new concepts here we're just talking about stuff mm-hmm. that I know and you know and we both know that we know but it that repetition <laughs> is very important and that very much ties into the concept of communion is it's just that repetition that's important and that's that's all this is absolutely um I think personally it was things that I was surrounded with coming out of like my mouth and in my mind that I was just kind of like this is going a little too far there's definitely something missing and I think it's just this yeah it's it's helped a lot Mm -hmm. it's helped a lot yeah it's amazing how when you really do the work and you sit alone with God's word even for a little while suddenly just when you're doing anything else it kind of slips in there, his word and his and his edification. And doing my regular life stuff, regular chores, suddenly I'm, my mind's on him and I can feel the spirit just working again. And that just, that itself feels really good. Yeah. I know um, referencing again that, that time that I was going through um, when I was surrounded by a lot of conversations that even though I wasn't participating in them, you know, I, I had to listen to them. You know, I had to. I had I had no choice about it. I was at work. Um, and I, I was getting extremely depressed. And, you know, I, I quickly found out that that was also very much tied into the health issues that I was having. But um, I, I would get a little frantic with it sometimes because I felt like I was just drowning in the, in the negative conversations, the negative content. And I would, I would go back to my room where I was staying and I'd put on some audio Bible on and that would just set my mind at such ease because even when I wasn't in those conversations, because they, they were brief, it's not like it was a continuous, you know, 12 hours <laughs> of listening to this stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, it was, enough, it was consistent it enough. Yeah, it was consistent enough. I was listening to it every day, quite a lot every day. But even when I wasn't around it, it was so saturated in my mind. And being the very mm, yeah. thoughtful person that I am, being a very much, very much an overthinker, somebody who lives very much inside of their mind, I, I really felt like I was drowning in it to the point that there were times that I was feeling very frantic. And I was like, I don't want to be thinking about this. I don't want this knowledge in my mind. And it was, it got to the point that it felt like it was physically painful. And I, I just felt like I couldn't get away from it. And the moment I would put on audio Bible, it got to the point where it would take a little while of audio Bible playing, but I got to where it, <laughs> I remember telling you, I was like, I'm going to combat this with my audio Bible. I'm putting it on and I don't care who's listening to it. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. 
And it was just that simple act alone of listening to what is true, to what is pure, to what is good. Just having the Mm. audio Bible on would wash all of that away. I would feel myself get calm. The depression would subside. Just that simple, that simple act of devotion of being like, no, I'm going to choose to listen to the scriptures instead um, brought so much peace to my life. I definitely think um, there's something to say for, because I know for me, there comes times where things get a little too comfortable and you don't realize it, but that emptiness that creeps in is that desire for something deeper. And Mm -hmm. I think the other hope is, is as well as just creating a place where people can listen to the to Christian talk, but also hope to open doors to new considerations, new ways of looking at things, um, even if you disagree. It's good to disagree. It is good to disagree. Thank you for that. It's good to open the conversation. It's good to disagree and remain brothers and sisters in Christ, which is the way it should be. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to fight if you're disagreeing. Mm-hmm. You can you can disagree. You can stand for what you believe and still um, keep a cordial conversation with people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to compromise or pick a fight. And I feel like a lot of the time, that's how it's presented. That's how it feels. Like you either have to get in a conflict with somebody, <laughs> or you have to roll over and accept what they're saying. Well, and it's, it's very personal. I yeah. It, yeah, it's a very personal thing, and I feel like. Uh, faith looks um, very different for one one person to the next. Um, and Emmy agrees. <laughs> she most certainly agrees. Faith can look different person to person. It doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong or right, but mm-hmm. um, they might emphasize things more than you in certain areas just because of their personal walk and um yeah i think that can be edifying and enriching absolutely i mean even just um in what we've been doing we've been picking a subject Mm -hmm. that um is something that's been going on in our personal lives and that's another thing like we're definitely not even if it sounds like it sometimes we're definitely not like pointing our finger at somebody else and shaking our fist in their face this is stuff that god's been dealing with us on and that's why yeah. we keep on picking these subjects is because this is concepts that are reoccurring in our minds because it applies to us. And that's why mm-hmm. we're talking about it. But I've I've really enjoyed when we pick a subject and we're like, yeah, absolutely. I definitely have a lot that I could say about that. I have a lot on my heart about that. And then I go and find the scriptures. Either I find scriptures that I wasn't thinking about, but they lined up. You know, I pick scriptures that I was thinking about that I already had in my mind when we picked the subject and um, getting out my thoughts. And then when I see the scriptures that you found, I'm like, man, that's good. That's so good. <laughs> wow. Like, it's I'm so humbled. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, because you, we both, I think, I think we largely agree in our philosophy. Nobody agrees 100%. And, um, I think there's already been things that we see a little bit differently, but in, we agree in, in, no in a way. large part. Yeah. And um, with agreeing in, in large part with what we believe, 
still the difference in the emphasis, like the, the scriptures that you find about it, where I can see where you're coming from, what's in your heart about it and the way that you present them. I'm like, that's so interesting because that's, I agree. I, you know, I, I had those concepts in my heart somewhere, but seeing, seeing, picking a subject, seeing my perspective of what to emphasize on that subject, and then seeing your perspective of what to emphasize on that subject has already been so edifying. It's, it's so interesting every time. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love seeing the scriptures that you pick out. And I love seeing uh, what you have to say about them because I'm like, yeah, you're right. That does that that does tie in with exactly what I'm saying and with exactly what I'm seeing. But it's that much different, and that's so important. That's and that um, is another reason for communion because even though um, your your relationship with God and your philosophy should stem from your own personal time in the Scripture, which is exactly what we're talking about today. Um, Mm -hmm. it's so important to hear what other people learned in their personal time in the scripture and be constantly checking that against the scripture and be constantly using, um, your discernment that you have because of that time in scripture, because of that time in prayer and to constantly be filtering it out. And, um, if you find something you don't agree with, make sure you throw it out in your brain. Um, but that doesn't mean that you stop listening because you never know when they might say something that you needed to hear. Because everybody, we all have how the same exact concept applies to our life is going to be different for everyone else. And it's it's so important to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say that there's a whole lot of grace involved especially when you're dealing with other people. We've talked about that within like fellowship and everything that uh, everyone on earth is also flesh and spirit at the same time. So yeah. Have mercy. If you, if you're willing to have mercy on yourself, you should be willing to have mercy on others. Yeah. With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And I think that brings us around perfectly to being alone with Christ and how everything hinders on (laughs) this, this complex and simple act of um, being alone with Jesus Mm -hmm. and being alone with your creator. And we have foundation. mm -hmm, We have definitely found um, some scriptures for that. Yeah. We found a lot. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to start off with uh, 1 Peter 3.15. It is, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Um, I wanted to read this one with with the emphasis on sanctifying the Lord God in your heart. And I always remember the second part of that. But I always forget the first one. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a large portion of that happens in the time that you have with him. And like the practice of sanctifying God in your heart and the fruit that comes in afterward is a hope that people can visibly see and ask you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because I think I think a lot of people they want to have like their five-step program or whatever, you know, their their memorized 
um, answer because it says to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the time that can easily turn into just a recited manuscript, I guess, of uh, what that hope is. And I'm not necessarily speaking against that, but I like the point that you're bringing out, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, because that implies that it's not, it's not just a pamphlet to hand out, you know, it's an active living thing mm-hmm. to sanctify yeah. the Lord God in your heart, that that is first off an action, which is, I think, somehow become a huge emphasis and <laughs> what we're talking about every time. Yeah. It's it's an action to sanctify the Lord God in our mm-hmm. heart. Um, but it's also an ongoing thing. Do you remember the uh, the Christian college we used to go to their campus days? Yeah. And we had to sit in on a few of the classes. And mm-hmm. one of them was like an evangelism class where um, like they give you tools to try and talk to, t- to Jesus about. Mm-hmm. And they had like... I've always had some small beef with that. I, that's what <laughs> they had like the bracelets with the different colors and oh my god yeah like, you have to wear that, like, something this is what it stands out. for yeah like, so if someone sure asks you, have this you little about booklet it, ready yeah so if someone sees it and asks you about it you can explain to them and i'm just like oh cringe cringe yeah. like uh, the yeah. only kind of that- is if you're like standing on the street trying to like give them out to people as like a reminder like i but like oh uh, that's like the last thing just you don't have to I'm put so the work in just wear the up. bracelet oh yeah yeah i'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> yeah you know it's something that i i wouldn't be so bold enough as to say you shouldn't do like i wouldn't speak against it but I will definitely say that I have a I have a special little hatred for that in my heart. Oh yeah, because Me too. <laughs> because yeah, it's just it's so reliant on our wisdom, you know. Any time that I've had an opportunity in my own personal life to minister to someone, it has been so far beyond me. It always took me by surprise. Somebody asked me a question about something I was so unprepared to answer. And the only reason I was able to answer it is because I had spent time alone in God's word. And I had spent enough time alone in God's word that I had that knowledge tucked away in the back of my brain. But I also had the spirit of God opening up that conversation and times where I'm panicking, like, I don't know what to say. And the spirit of God has spoken through me. And it was always so specific to what that person wanted to hear. Not not even just wanted to hear, needed to hear. I think and scripture I, pretty much um, is is pretty clear that it is it is the spirit that helps you with that. That brings that brings up the scripture to mind. Yeah. And it prompts them the to sanctify the, the Lord in your heart. If it, if the Lord's sanctified in your heart guess what? (laughs) You're going to be ready. (laughs) Because it's like, I think people, they have their conversion experience and it was so amazing. And they see um, what it was that drove them to the Lord. And they see that so many people struggle with it. 
So they want to like create this program based off of their experience. But it's like no, but nobody on this planet is having the same experience you are. If I've learned anything, it's that every single person on this planet has a difficult life, A. And B, it is very unique to them. And there is no possible way for you or me to know what they need. But the Holy Spirit will always know what they need. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to open up that conversation and allow it to be so individual that it impacts that person on an individual level. And I think that's why I just kind of hate those those little pamphlets. But at the same time, I've heard stories of them working. So I wouldn't oh, be so bold as to speak yeah. against them, but I have no interest in them myself. You know, yeah. I, I find no use for them. Um, and I, I think they can work in certain scenarios, but not most scenarios. And they certainly should not be what you rely on. No. By no. any means. I think, but I'm so uh, glad you brought that up. <laughs> I forgot about that. I um, yeah, I can't help but I I just think back to that and chuckle to myself a little bit. But I just I think of like the apostles running around in the olden times with like little bracelets and <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I think that um. The word sanctify kind of suggests like the idea of setting God up as Lord in your heart as mm. as like chief in command. And that's pretty important too, because like you said, um, people like to try and tailor it to their own experiences. So if you're looking too much to yourself for that answer, that there's gonna be some folly in there. Um it's it's another pitfall of leaning on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's even addressed so specifically in um, in the Bible. I don't remember. I don't remember where. I almost think it's Acts, but I don't actually know. So I'm I'm not even going to pretend to know. I mean, considering but, that it's Acts, it's probably it's the Acts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good guess. But yeah, yeah. but he says um, to not prepare ahead of time what you're going to say. Because in that same hour, the Spirit of God will reveal to you what to say. Yeah. And I and that, think that's, such I a think comfort that's to kind me. of the context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of the context for that. I think a lot of people take that a little bit too liberally and they're like, oh, I don't need to prepare anything. You know, I'm going to be fine. And I think mm-hmm. this sanctify the Lord God in your heart is, is like the perfect accompaniment to that scripture. Because it's like, no, your your preparation is there, but your preparation is your own devotion, your own alone time, your devotion, your sanctifying of God in your own heart. And without that, you're you're not going to have the spirit to move through you. You're not going to be able to, to listen when the spirit speaks to you. Because the spirit is always speaking to us. But we mm-hmm. have to declutter our minds so that we can hear it. So it's like, there's preparation, but not for the specific moment. You know, I think that like those little bracelets, I think that's what that's talking about, you know, is it's like, don't, don't waste your time with that. Let the spirit do the work on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's funny because we were talking about like with personal experience and almost experiencing scriptures in different ways. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of the times where 
and this is like I say this kind of meh but like for me that that idea of not preparing anything is comforting because I'm terrible at speaking and mm-hmm. I'm definitely really bad at defending the scripture in arguments I I go blank I shake it's it's terrible yeah. but yeah. if I'm better equipped with a sanctified heart which mm-hmm. I haven't which I need more of mm-hmm. then that that scripture is very comforting but like so let's say for somebody else, it's more of a warning in that way that not to be preloaded with something, yeah. but to let the spirit work. And I think that's just an example of how God can speak in different ways with different scriptures. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think it was Paul who was a very learned man for his time. Um, I think I don't. He was very. He was a very esteemed Pharisee for sure. Before he, uh, yeah. um, And I'm not going to quote this right. I know I don't have the right word, but I can't remember what the right word is. But he says basically like there's there's folly in too much learning, and I know that's not the right word. So yeah, no, I I do. (laughs) um, I do know what I know what you're talking about. Of course, I can't quote it either. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like most of the time I could, but of course not right now. But um. Yeah, I think it ties in with that. If if you get too much head knowledge and you're not, you know, what we in the church like to refer to as head knowledge, it's just um, it's just information in your head, but it's not backed up by time spent in devotion and in prayer. It's something that doesn't have any real spiritual substance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people turn evangelism into that which I think is uh, a dangerous road to walk. I think it it creates a lot of opportunity to hurt people. Um, yeah. You know, it has to come from... It has to come from a, a spiritual background, which you gain by um, your personal devotion to the Lord. It goes back to that scripture. Oh, let me read it again. Scripture that you had. Let me go up here. Therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing. This is your spiritual worship. You know, to be to be a living sacrifice, that personal devotion, mm-hmm. that's where that's where your um, spiritual discernment comes from. Absolutely. And I love how that connection is drawn out here. I mm-hmm. hadn't really I hadn't made that connection so direct in my mind until you read that in our last podcast. Mm. That to to live as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. I hadn't I hadn't made that such a direct tie until now. I think if more people could hone into that, I feel like we would see a whole lot less depression. Mm. Because I know that depression, from even just was struggling it, was struggling with it, comes from a sense of meaninglessness, yeah, and from directionless life, mm-hmm. and feeling trapped, yeah, and that's such a lie from the enemy. I don't think mm-hmm. there's any life that's meaningless. There's nothing. There's always 
there's always a purpose there's always something to do mm-hmm. and it could just simply be that absolutely and and tying in with that i think um a revelation that i've had lately i think in the church there's a lot of god has a plan for your life and you know if you're not fulfilling it then something's not getting done and there's a certain level well, that, that's necessarily ministry too yeah there, there's a certain level of truth to that God definitely does have a plan for your life, but I think the way that people word it leads a lot of people to believe that there's like this, like a movie storyline, and if you try really hard, you might find it, and it's going to be super interesting, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I think in, in being confused about where in the world my life is taking me, knowing- Way to drag us under the bus, Corey. <laughs> At twelve-year-old Cassia and Corey, <laughs> guilty as charged. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think some of that depression that you're talking about, feeling like, what in the world is going on with my life? Why is everything failing? Why am I not fulfilling this storyline that I I feel so heavily in my heart? You know, I know that God has plans for me. I know what he's put in my heart. And I feel like I'm going absolutely nowhere with it. And I think a simple little revelation that I had was you want to know what God's plan is for your life? Find a body of believers that encourages you in your personal devotion. And it's Find a body of believers that you can openly express your faith and that you can openly engage in that body of believers. That will lead to the ministry. That will open doors for you. Like, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Find that communion. And I think that's the revelation that I've gotten lately is it's like, stop looking for, you know, what, what, uh, what town and what country you're supposed to be a missionary to. Like, don't try and find a grand scheme like that. And I am very guilty of having done that a lot in my life and being very frustrated when I haven't found it. And I've, I felt very clearly like God's been telling me, no, you just have to find somewhere that you can openly engage in your Christianity. You can openly engage in this relationship with God in a way that affects other people. And that's your calling in life. So it's like I think I think we need to change the narrative a little bit about how we talk about that just from my own personal experience of how I felt let down at certain points in my life. That's a big reason why we chose these subjects is because I know for me when it came to my big movie plot line of a life that I was missing out on and destroying and God is just like you're not even doing the basic <laughs> thing Uh, why would i give you some big responsibility (laughs) some big heroic plot line when you can't even do the thing yeah just he's like you will find yeah going out and finding a church just basic church he's like what's so wrong with the people around you Mm -hmm. are they not good enough that they don't need your help in ministry absolutely that right there you're right yeah (laughs) it's a it's the we just need ambassadors to go out into their everyday life and represent God again. And that will just simply turn things around. Mm -hmm. It's not going to take much because that's just how good God is. Mm -hmm. But that just represent to the people around you 
and I know like when I was in school, especially feeling like bashful, like, aren't they going to call me out for being a hypocrite? It's like, no, that's the point Mm -hmm. because they're going to see that you're different and you're not the person you were the day before. And they're going to be like, why, where, when, how, why, Mm -hmm. why, (laughs) why are you this different person? How? And if God's sanctified in your heart, you're going to be ready with that answer. Mm Mm-hmm. If he, if you really set him up as king and creator, and and bow to that, you're you're gonna be ready. Which was another thing that I always struggled with, and I'm so thankful to have now with studying the Bible and and really just meditating on him and comprehending God and looking for him just in the simplest things like going outside and looking at the trees and thinking like you created this and seeking his heart out and everything that God is so big and so vast that worshiping him is just so much greater. You get like just getting to see how big he is and how great he is and everything now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that all starts in your, in your personal devotion, in your personal time with him. If when you choose to, dedicate time to devotion in the scriptures and in prayer, it leads you to like what you're saying, where it it starts to uh, permeate all your thoughts until you're going outside and you're looking at the trees and you're like, man, this is just one thing. God spoke nature into existence. Look how detailed this is, you know? And it's like those little acts of devotion, they all accumulate and they're the they're the baseline. You can't get there until you're doing those things. I remember as a kid, a lot of the time I would hear the people in my family, you know, the ministers in my family talk about what God spoke to them. And, and I was like, I want to hear from God like that. How do I get to where I hear from God like that? And I asked that question over and over and over until I finally realized through that the action of answering that question, I finally realized the answer of that question. You get there by reading your Bible and praying every day. It really is that simple. That's the baseline for everything. And you can't get the rest of this if you neglect that baseline. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I think that just transitions well into the looking at Jesus as an example in scripture. Um, for when he wanted to be alone with himself often or yeah. And often um, I found a few like, like spitfire ones. I won't read all of them. Um, but Mark six forty six, um, he had taken leave of them and went up to the mountain to, to pray immediately before choosing the 12 apostles. Um, Luke six twelve. Uh, he goes out at night or early, early morning when it's still dark to be in prayer alone. Mm-hmm. Um, before Peter's profession of faith with Jesus, Luke 9, uh, 9, 18. Now it was happened, happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and he asked them, who do people say I am? And then Peter says, he's, he's the mm-hmm. Christ. Um, before the teaching of our father, Luke 11, one, he was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. 
and um and then of course before the crucifixion in the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm. yeah there's so many instances i have um, i have one that you have written here that you had picked out mark 135 mm-hmm. it says and rising early in the morning yeah. while it was still dark he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed and i really mm-hmm. love that you picked that scripture yeah. because i think that's that just really embodies exactly what we want to bring out today, what we want to talk about today. And I mean, Jesus is the perfect example of it because he did it so often. Every time he was overwhelmed, every time he had something coming up that was important, he went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. It was like it's over and over in the scripture, like you're pointing out, you're bringing, you're, you're pointing out all these scriptures that he that he would do that. He would go and be alone with God the Father. Even even being God, he would go alone, go to be alone with God on a regular basis, and that's what mm-hmm. sustained him throughout everything that he did. Play with next. Um, that one specifically uh, as well, the Mark one thirty five. Uh, the rising early from the rising early in the morning while it was still dark and departing to be in a desolate place mm-hmm. where no one is. I think God is very active when everyone's asleep early yeah. in the morning. I think he likes early in the morning. And I think that it definitely doesn't hurt to drag yourself mm-hmm. out of bed at an, at strangely what, us earthly humans would say an ungodly time in the morning. Like, no, actually, quite the opposite. <laughs> this ungodly hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a very godly hour. Go be alone where no one else is stirring about and be alone where the world is really It's still. true. There is something really special and, yeah. about that time. I really do hate to be awake at that time, mm-hmm. though, I must say. But you're absolutely right. There is something really special about that time. And I do think that God moves mm-hmm. in that time a lot. And I think, you know, I think it even ties in with the fact that we hate to be alone. I mean, excuse me, we hate to be awake mm-hmm. at that time. You know, I think it just, it kind of brings out, um, kind of lowers our defenses. We're not really ready for the day. We haven't prepared ourselves and got ourselves sure of ourselves yet. I think um, it's a time that he can act with us and he, t- he can communicate with us very well. And I think it does tie in with the fact that we, that we hate it so much, that we hate to be up at that time. I know I do. I think what's good about it, though, is that it's really hard for me, at least, to be silent and trying to absorb mm-hmm. him and listen. And I that's something that you really do have to practice and and do Mm -hmm. you have to do it because i know there's a lot of you know like prayer and whatever like when you're talking Mm -hmm. to god but there can there needs to be quite a bit of just be silent and don't speak quiet yourself if you notice your thoughts fading away Mm -hmm. refocus and try and listen and practice that because Lord knows I'm horrible at that. I think but. I think um, that's something that, especially in society today, is really a foreign concept for a lot of people, is to be quiet and to be in the quiet. Not even just like shut up and don't speak, 
it's just to be in quietness i think is is really foreign mm-hmm. to a lot of people i know i yeah. avoid it like the plague i always have to have something going on in the background i, think- I, I sorry i forgot to finish oh, my God. thought i was gonna say that early time in the morning is a really good time to yeah do it really forces you to be i quiet. know personally yeah that you kind of it's almost mm-hmm. easier to be quiet yeah i agree with that yeah and i think that that's i think that's really lacking in today's society i think that's really lacking in a lot of people's lives like even just the fact that i mean most people at this point they can't go to sleep without something on and i'm even that way i have like a little white noise machine <laughs> because it's i think well that's a little different than like a tv show or yeah. music or i think people are just genuinely afraid of being alone yeah. with themselves and i say that because that's genuine that's generally mm-hmm. what it is with me like if i find myself which has been like a huge thing for me lately which i'm trying really hard to tackle is that i just don't like being like I have to have something going yeah, on in the background and that's usually when the most garbage ends yeah. up being absorbed. Yeah, it, it's true and it's it's um I think especially for our generation because we're the generation that grew up with TV being so active in our lives. So even though I my family didn't have a TV growing up um you know, I was obviously watch TV at different, you know, at my grandmother's place and stuff like that. But um, I think mm-hmm. so many people in our age group, they grew up with the TV always being on. You know, you go to people's house and you're trying to have a conversation with them. The TV's on and you're just like struggling <laughs> because my house is very quiet. And so, like, it's so difficult for me in those situations. I love that about your <laughs> and- house. I... I- I would throw away my TV if my husband wouldn't be angry at me. <laughs> I would throw yeah. it out on the curb. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think so many people, a lot, I mean, I know so many people that come to our house and they get so uncomfortable. They're like, they feel like my parents are mad. They're like, is your mom mad? I'm like, why? No. You guys are so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think... I think a lot of people, they just, they grew up with constant noise. And so the idea of quiet, the idea of silence is is very intimidating and all the more so for the next generation because now they've had phones, they've had everything else. You know, our media is so flashy. It's so, um, which is also why none of us are sleeping well. That's already been like proven scientifically. (laughs) The way that we're consuming media, you know, it's like short little videos and the videos are all chopped up. And the more that we keep on doing that and the more that we consume that, First of all, it's very addictive. It's very so addictive, bad but yeah, you. it's also like ruining all of our appetites and all of our sleep schedules. <laughs> um, and probably all of our IQs. Yeah, as well, yeah, that is also that. part of why everybody's losing their memory. Like this, is literally scientifically proven. But I think we're, I think we're living in an age where. <laughs> guilty. Yeah, me too. I'm guilty. Very much so. <laughs> I think we're living in an age where people are very afraid to be alone despite the fact that we are living in what you know psychologists everywhere are calling a pandemic of loneliness which i think is very accurate i think we very much are but i think people they're so afraid to be alone with their Mm -hmm. own thoughts and they're also so afraid to be in silence because at this point in our culture it feels angry 
And that's so sad to me because there's nothing angry about silence. It, it should be peaceful and mm-hmm. it should be comforting, but I think it's very intimidating for a lot of people. And that's, I think that's really drawing a lot of people away from this spiritual devotion because what we're getting to or pointing out, what we will continue to point out as we read more scriptures, is how important it is to get alone, first of all, but also to get alone in a very quiet, desolate place to pray and how essential that is for your spiritual life. And I think that's missing for the vast majority of us. I know I know, I struggle with that. You know, we're, we're so used to this media that when we're alone and it's quiet, it's hard to keep your thoughts on anything for any length of time. You know, our, our brains are... Um, it's so bad. Yeah, we're, it's so we're, bad. I know. That's my biggest um, thing right now. Conditioned for short, quick thought and immediately move on to the next subject. Like that's how everything is in our society now. It's like so against what the Bible tells you what to do too, especially with like yeah, meditating. Yeah, and it's, and- I mean, it's so against our health. I mean, it's been proven that that's where a lot of this anxiety comes from. That's where a lot of, a lot of, all of it comes from. It comes from this short burst activity immediately changing the subject and um, not taking the time to truly invest in anything, you know, to truly take a long time to do anything. We all get very frustrated with it. And I'm not saying this like that's somebody else's problem. Like, I feel that that's absolutely affected my life. It's affected all of us. I don't know a person that it hasn't affected. Mm-hmm. And so... It makes me want to go back to the the fruits mm-hmm. of the spirit and what you should be practicing. Um, because if you're practicing the fruits of the spirit and it's going to be, it's going to get easier. And you're going to want to stay clear from that anyway. Like mm-hmm. self-control and patience and yeah it draws that out in you um Mm -hmm. um i'm realizing that the rest of the scriptures that i got are kind of obsolete and because they're kind of vague on the subject of just being alone with with jesus which is kind of like the the mega of the subject I wanted to get into because the rest kind of accumulates into everything else. But I really wanted to spend time on the, the two old Testament scriptures that you found. You want me to dive into the Isaiah one? Mm -hmm. So for an example, I have um, from Habakkuk chapter two, verse one. And in Habakkuk, we see the prophet of Habakkuk is he's talking to God, the Father, and he's talking about the Chaldeans. And he the whole first chapter is Habakkuk sort of declaring to the Lord everything that the Chaldeans are doing and, and their violence and their their violation that they're they're wreaking out on the people around them. And he's, he's talking about everything that they're doing. And he says to God, like, you are a God of justice. How long are you going to allow this to continue? How long are you not going to do anything about it? And so the whole first chapter is him declaring that to the Lord and then asking the question, why are you doing nothing? And chapter two starts with this beautiful verse 
and he, this is him. He just ended talking to the Lord, and now this is just him talking about himself. And he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And immediately after he makes, makes that declaration, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. As soon as he declares that, and he does that, he does that action. He puts himself out there and he, he asks a question to God and then he acted on getting an answer from God. And the rest of chapter two, and I think on to chapter three even, is the Lord's answer to him. And, and that's Habakkuk. It's, it's those three chapters. I mean, that's the whole book of Habakkuk. But that little moment between him asking a question and him receiving the answer, that little moment is what we wanted to talk about. It's, it's so beautiful. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. I, that's just so beautiful. It teaches you, yeah, it has so much packed in it. Um, the Lord honors diligence. And that's and that's a big thing when we say, when we talk about being alone mm -hmm. in Christ, is he's very clear. Um, he honors diligence. And when he doesn't see it, he yeah. waits for it. Um, and the scripture is such a beautiful example of humbleness as well, which is another thing that Jesus honors is what I will answer when I'm corrected because, um, it kind of just seems like, like kind of knowing that like he knows God is just because mm -hmm. he says that earlier, like you are a mm -hmm. just God, um, what are you going to do? And he knows that God's going to come and correct him on that. Like, I'm not just doing nothing. This is what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, and like, I love that because it's like, I think we can easily fall into the um, into the folly of treating God like he's a genie in a bottle. And I love that, that there's mm -hmm. absolutely no hint of that here because he says what I will answer when I am corrected. Like, he's expecting to be corrected. He's looking around at all this evil and he says, I know this is not in the heart of my God and I know that my God is involved. I know that my God answers me. How long are you going to let this go on? And then he says, and he's waiting to be corrected. He's waiting to hear God's answer and to tell him that he's wrong to challenge God, you know? And I love that. And what a reminder, too, uh, that um, yes. God answers. <laughs> I feel like that's also something that's so lost on people these days is that you can wait on God for yeah. an answer. We were talking about that, like the immediate gratification that we're all mm -hmm. so addicted to. God does not no. operate that way. And you can best believe that those habits and those addictions are implanted oh, yeah. by the enemy in our culture. It is, it's so bad. Um, and I think that just in general, this applies so deeply to everything we are going mm -hmm. through right now as a nation. And I think that there needs to be Christians having this similar attitude and this similar mm -hmm. prayer. 
and yeah. including myself. I've had I've had um, just moments like listening to the news. Um, I I follow some pro life uh, uh, organizations, and when I get emails, they just they for they they don't hold mm. back on the details. So it just completely rips your heart and your spirit yeah. in like three. And I've just had moments of like crying out to God and for the, just for the atrocity mm-hmm. there. And I feel like that's definitely something because it's been a long time. Yeah. We're on the national stage. We've seen got like a radical movement of the spirit and of god and i think we're snowballing into one of those historical yeah moments. absolutely i think um a few points that i think that brings up is um the story of daniel when he prayed on behalf of all of israel and the angel of the lord finally comes to him and it's it's been a while a lot has happened and he tells him the moment you prayed i was dispatched and there was war in the heavens that delayed me until now some it's not god holding back the answer these things have to be fought for and that that takes time like yeah. that that is such an that was another thing i wanted to bring up yeah concept <laughs> you know it's like it's hard to talk about without crying yeah. when you when you really think about that mm. that in, in one prayer daniel's prayer I've- there was war in the heavens for that request. Like, that's insane. Or just that Habakkuk was was telling God about all the horrible things that were happening. We forget we're supposed to be standing on the war front spiritually because people do not realize the depth. And that is another thing that is very the authority lost. authority that we have. That I... That I just don't see, yeah, or just mm-hmm. the teaching on that, the spiritual warfare that is going on around yeah. us at all times that we are responsible for because that's that's who we yeah. are. That's what we're doing as Christians. These are the these are the yeah, ways that we're paving. Let me say right now, and you are involved in spiritual warfare no matter what. The only difference is whether you're fighting it or whether you're being overcome. Because you can't avoid it. You know, I think we like to kid ourselves and think that we can we can just mm-hmm. kind of step out of the fight. You're not out of the fight as long as you're alive. You're just not. Yeah. And I think um, it kind of goes back to a lot of the other subjects we talk about with um, the lacks mm-hmm. in church. Like the, the, the loose behavior with that. That a lot of people just seek out a religion for themselves, for their own sense of peace, yeah. because there is a big desire for that. But there also comes a point, too, where at least I felt it. I'm sick of fighting yeah. for myself, fighting for my own. Like, I want to bring down spiritual walls, and I want to break generational yeah. curses, and I want to stand up and fight. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that also is just so difficult because it looks like mm-hmm, self-discipline mm-hmm. and it's all in getting yourself in line. And that's really, really hard to do. 
I think uh, like another story of Daniel. I was it Daniel. See now I don't know. Um, but anyway, there was there was somebody in the Old Testament. I believe it was Daniel, who he himself repented on behalf of the entire nation, his entire people, and God took his yep. repentance and saved them. That is insane. I've thought about that a lot with a lot of what's going on in our nation. And let me tell you, I'm not that humble. I am not so humble as to take on the sins of the people around me and repent on their behalf. I wish that I was. Like, it's something that I'm I'm struggling with because I know that that's possible. But I'm not there, man. I'm not, I am not there. I... I think because of the walk that I've had, I it's easier for me. It's not the easiest, but I can also, I'm also not so unaware that I'm looking at other people and knowing that con- the condition of people who don't mm-hmm. have the spirit is very yeah. blind and very muddy. They are not aware as you are. Um, they're, I mean, Romans tells us that everybody is aware of that there is a creator, whether or not they Mm -hmm. want to address it or not, and that everyone faces it. But they are not aware of the spiritual warfare that is going on in everything that they do and everything that they face. And especially with the young generation, they don't understand the depth of the things that they're being fed and how deep and how badly the condition truly is because I didn't and then I did. And God had to show it to me. Well, I mean, I, and it wasn't until then that I really had any concept of what was been going fed on. At every turn, that everything about what we're talking about is just a fairy tale. You know, just just the generation older than us, just the generation of our parents. Even if they weren't a devout Christian, even if they didn't even call themselves a Christian, there was still this acknowledgement of God, and there was still this this knowledge of His teachings. And it was kind of like, you know, you could you could shame people of that generation just by talking about their faith for a minute. And they'd get embarrassed about something they just said or did. And then they just kind of shoo it away and move on. But in I think in our generation, it's such a lost concept because they've been told it's a fairy tale at every turn. And they've been told that every other fairy tale has, has more been, substance. Yeah. There's been a lot of fox traps. Um in our culture that have been yeah. set and sprung and all all towards mm-hmm. the youth and God will not stand for that. He will not stand for that. There is a great revival coming. There is a great revival coming in this younger generation and I'm so excited to see it. Because when things get this bad, this this is when God has opportunity to move. And he will and he is. I know that he is and I'm so excited to see it. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there that are devoting themselves. Mm -hmm. I pray to be one of them. (laughs) Me too. Okay, I guess I'll read a couple more. Mm -hmm. um, Share a couple more um, on the importance of being alone with God. I feel like we keep on trailing off of that concept. (laughs) Okay, Isaiah 30, 15. Um... I just want to read this real quick because I I just, I don't know. You'll, you'll see when you hear it. <laughs> um, this is 
in response to the people of Israel once again, once again messing up, once again causing a lot of chaos for themselves, turning from their faith. And um, this is something that God is saying to them. I think he must have been speaking to Isaiah to speak to the people. Um, but he says in Isaiah 30, 15, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. And it goes on to everything that they did instead of returning to that. But I just... Just that concept, I think, is so, so important. And it's, you know, it's what we're talking about, that aloneness and that quiet time with God. It says, in returning, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And we just, we constantly turn from that. We want it to be some big show. We want it to be... I don't know what we want it to be. (laughs) Well, you know, I had said, um, like wanting to get up and fight and stuff, but it looks like, Mm -hmm. it looks like something so totally radically different to what we want to think of it as we want to think of it as like, yeah, we want that big storyline adventure. Yeah. I mean, God just wants you to go sit down, be quiet and pray. (laughs) Right. Like just like the armor of God, putting on the armor of God, the scripture, uh, writes that out. And what of that and what it means and it relates it to you know armor and weapons and we want to get up and actually fight but mm-hmm. no it's not what it is is it's labored prayer that really that really wins the wars um one thing that i i know is true but that i don't think a lot of people know is true is how much like in our world wars that we think back to how many people were in prayer together yeah um just praying over that and the spiritual warfare that was going on behind it Mm -hmm. and yeah some some amazing amazing ministers and amazing sermons that are very popular I i think like you're saying a lot of people don't realize that's from that's from the world war era because yeah people had to be on it and they were and underestimating the influence that spiritual warfare played in ending that atrocity. It's life changing for other people and for yourself. And it's and and that's what it is and in its most basic form is just being quiet and being with Jesus. Mhm. Uh, I have another quick example. Um the story of Jacob in the Old Testament when he was supposed to be meeting with Esau who had like swore to kill him and he was very afraid. He sent his family away. He, he gathered up all of his people, all of his things. He sent them away and he stayed by himself. And it says when he was alone, that that man came to him that he wrestled with all night and it turned out it was God. And he got, he finally got his answer from God on the subject he had been, he had been seeking God, um, in regards to this conflict that he knew was coming his way with his brother Esau. And it wasn't until he sent everyone away and he was alone that God came to him and he came to him in the form of a man and they wrestled all night 
I can't imagine wrestling all night. <laughs> I, I've been involved in martial arts enough to let you know that that is insanity to have wrestled all night and fought with God all night. And only after he did that, did he get his answer and the, the um, situation with Esau was, re was resolved at the end of the day. But it was God came to him with an answer when he was alone. And we see that over and over and over, mm, all throughout yeah. the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, over and over with Jesus, he went to be alone with God. And I think that's, that's a very underestimated concept mm. that we all need to be investing in a lot more. You know what I think is funny, too, thinking back to, like, a lot of the stories when um, Jesus was healing, I feel like, especially, like, there was a few, like, kids, there was a boy and a girl on separate occasions where he pretty much brought them back to life or mm -hmm. healed. He sent people out of the room yeah. to do those things. And I think that that sometimes have to do has to do with a lack of faith that is, like, mm -hmm. that is surrounding you. That there can be interference from people that are around you. Absolutely. And doing it or, like around other people. And... You, you're definitely going to miss out um, and maybe even be derailed if you're constant, if, if the only uh, walk there is to speak of for you is in the presence of others. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a very weak walk if that's the case. Yeah. And even, even shown in, um, when the disciples couldn't cast out that demon and Jesus did and they came to him privately and they said, well, why couldn't we? Because they had been casting out demons in Jesus's name. They had been performing miracles up until that point. And he said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. It's like it, yeah. it takes dedicated time and effort to prepare yourself for these situations. And don't think that you don't have a few that aren't going to come out with the same kind of effort. Mm -hmm. I know I certainly do, and I can't, I can't imagine that there's a person out there that hasn't had to do that. Yeah, like deep rooted, hard things that are only gonna come up with the labor and dedication, because God needs to see it, and God's gonna test for that. Yes, and it's the humble little things that you have to do, like prayer and fasting. You know, it, I feel like, like we're talking about, you want this like grandiose. Uh, story and these these huge events and um, it's easy to just kind of neglect the little stuff and not realize that that is only the little stuff it just happened to be bigger for that moment but you you never have those big moments without the little moments spent in scripture and in prayer and in fasting and it's Absolutely. just um, like you were saying with the armor and with uh, spiritual warfare it's it's something that you hear like professional fighters say over and over. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys are seeing this, but you don't see all the little moments in the gym. You don't see how much time I put into the gym. You know, everybody wants to be a champion, you know, but nobody wants to put the work in of a champion. You know, these people dedicate right, their entire right. lives to that moment. You know, the fight itself, the fight itself is what, 15 minutes, 25 minutes? That That's a pretty short time. And you spend years of your life training for that moment. 
and it's no different spiritually. You know, I think I think it's so easy to treat spirituality like it's some fairy tale in some other world. And that's or that it pertains to you or that yeah. you can determine when it happens and when it doesn't. Yeah, I also think there's just like this complete disconnect from reality when it comes to spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's like the same God that created our physical world, the same God that created your physical body. He's the same God that created your psychological mind. And he's the same God that created the spirit. They all work together. They're not as separate as we often think that that we that they are. You know, everything, I shouldn't say everything. But the physical things in this world have spiritual representation. And many of the spiritual things in life, in reality, they have physical representation. And you have to, you have to be active spiritually. And the way that you, you, you know, you had to learn how to think. This is one thing I like to, I like to ponder in my mind. You know, you, you had to learn how to talk. You had to learn how to think. I think a lot of people think that that's just inherent. And it's not. Right, right, yeah. There are I like can- actual people that were raised by animals. And it is so difficult for them to learn how to read, to learn how to speak. Just I mean, never mind reading. To learn how to speak is so difficult once you've grown up without it. And to learn how to think, it's, it's a completely different way of thinking. As a and mother so it, with a one-year-old, I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. yeah and um you have to learn how to be active spiritually but just because you don't know how to be doesn't mean that it's not there first of all and if you're not learning how to be active spiritually you're seriously missing out on a huge part of life a huge part of reality and what we have here what we're talking about here is how you train yourself spiritually is it's that dedication to God, that devotion to God, to be alone with him in scripture and in prayer and in fasting. We haven't quite dived into fasting yet, but I'm sure we'll get there. Absolutely. I would be remiss, though, if I didn't mention um, Matthew 6. Um, I do have three through six here. Um, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be Am I reading this incorrectly? I think I am. Sorry. No, you're reading it correctly. It's a little bit no. confused. Yeah. All right. But anyway, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the secret corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. Um, the only reason why I kind of sprinkled that first part in there about giving to the needy is because there seems to be a pattern in all of Matthew 6 about whether you do things to be seen mm-hmm. by others or whether you do things to be seen by your father. Mm-hmm. And um, that there's a vast difference and a very important one. Because I know that I've been on the wrong end of that a lot of times. Just 
I realizing that in my heart that it wasn't necessarily just to bless, but there was elements of ego in there too, kind Mm -hmm. of at the same time. So not like all good intention either, which I always put that foot forward first, but realizing that one's coming, dragging up behind is kind of disappointing. And I I do think that that's That's kind of an accurate way of describing it. (laughs) <laughs> to find that <laughs> uh, yes I've been there I've been there so many times and that was the perfect <laughs> description of it <laughs> I could just like picture like you just see it coming behind and you're like oh <laughs> I didn't Why? notice that sooner <laughs> I I genuinely, though, I think that's what that scripture means, that um, not letting your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Yeah. Uh, It's talking about the two different, kind of like your spirit, your flesh, Mm -hmm. one side. Because, you know, you literally can't keep information from one (laughs) hand from the other. But um, just that one has to be dominant over the other. And the other one just shouldn't even be there. The that ego, that whatever. Um, but I don't think that should necessarily stop people. Also, because there's been so many times where there has been times where I'm like, oh, I really want to pray for that person, but I'm like, but why do I want to pray for them? And I and I have Am to. Am I showboating right now? Yeah, it's like I can't possibly be showboating. I can't even create comprehend comprehensible sentences when I speak in front of people <laughs> yeah. it's like but you know like Moses yeah but those things have to matter to you um I've, I uh I mean if you're thinking like you have that ego thing going down in your heart is that it's in your heart and you don't care that God can see it like that that's super important mm-hmm. but i did put it in there just for that um your father who who sees in secret will reward you and then your father who is in secret will who and your father yes. who sees in secret will reward you yes and one thing i want to add to that i don't know uh what translation you're using but in my translation it says in your father who sees. sorry okay it says your father who sees in secret will reward you openly so i just want to throw that in there because oh yeah uh, i think in the king james and as well in the new king james it says he will reward you openly so i just want to throw that in there yeah i was these were from the english english standard version Mm. um because i have a hard enough time reading as it is to also (laughs) try and read in old english is kind of asking a lot unfortunately yeah um, we had kind of talked about, um, uh, being ready for action and, um, about like spiritual warfare. And mm. I have Luke twelve thirty five through 40 here, which says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast. So they may open the door to him at once once he comes home and knocks. 
Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will he will dress himself for service and have them re- recline at the table. He will come and serve them. If he comes in in the second watch or the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I pray I'm one of those servants when the time comes. I feel like this also refers to testing at a lot of times. Um, it doesn't seem to be just like like an end time statement, like uh, that he's coming soon. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's talking about like different shifts, like at the second watch or the third watch. I feel like there's de- definitely been times where God's uh, dropped in on me and I haven't been ready. <laughs> mm. He's just kind of like, way. what are you doing? And it's like, well, <laughs> not what I should be. <laughs> or, you know, like you see someone or you're in a situation and you find yourself brutally un prepared or that's a good point it's like if if i were more righteous i might have been able to do something or help and i just can't help but feel that responsibility absolutely that's a really good um concept to bring up when we're not active in our devotion how many opportunities that should have been that we should have been available for have we missed you know, and I, I do believe we will be responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. My accessibility to, to Jesus and, and how well I'm able to just go to him should be something that I can do quite fluently. And it shouldn't be like, there shouldn't be this feeling of conviction when I need to go to God. Yeah. There should be a ready. There should be a readiness to go to him, and it's not always there. And I'm I, especially um, just coming out of a season where that's been really bad. It's yeah. like I should have been way more equipped. All right, so we lost the podcast for a second. <laughs> we were Luckily kicked out. out. <laughs> we said it's time to stop, and we <laughs> got the hint. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we had to agree. But we definitely thank everybody f- or anyone who came um, to and to listen to us. Thank you for uh, walking with us, our our brothers and sisters who we'll get to be with one day. <laughs> yes. And. Um, Look forward to the next conversation. Absolutely. We, look- we already have a list of things right. we want to talk about. So we just got to pick one. We have a list of things we are going to talk to you with. <laughs> the list of things we're going to ramble about for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of From My Cup. We hope that you will join us next time on all of your local podcast listening stations. For easiest listening, just search us on Spotify. Search From My Cup and there you'll find us. We hope to see you there. Thank you and God bless you.